Once again, happy Father's Day to everyone. We are so excited uh, just to be able to come to you. Uh, I miss all of your faces. I, I don't like preaching to cameras. I'd rather, much rather just preach straight to you in person. Uh, but nevertheless, we're still going to preach, and the Word of God is still alive and well, whether we're coming over the Internet or whether we're there in person. But fa happy Father's Day. Uh, I hope all you dads out there are being treated special, and, and I hope you get celebrated uh, all day today. And uh, uh, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time to be a dad. It's a, it's a challenging time to be a dad. Uh, with some of the issues that are taking place in the world, uh, we can have some of the most uh, impacting and instrumental uh, and lasting effect on this next generation coming up uh, by what kind of man we are, what kind of men we are uh, to our children. Uh, and and uh, hopefully you're exhibiting the word of God and, and placing the word of God in their hearts. Cause that's the one thing word of God is truth <clears throat> and uh, it won't change. Society changes, perceptions change, but the word of God remains the same constantly. So uh, Kate Jordan, if you'll uh, allow me to just kind of uh, take care of some stuff here. Kate Jordan had sent me something. She was actually going to uh, read this poem today when she addressed the dads. Uh, so, I'm going to read a poem. It could it could have been written by any of the kids in my or in our church. It it actually could have been written by either one of my kids. The way that that it's described. But uh, uh, so here we are. Here's a Father's Day poem. You guys ready for a Father's Day poem? Yeah. All right. See, I've got a small studio audience here uh, may, that that double as the praise team as well. A poem about my daddy. Here we are. It's poetry time with Dave Butler. I drive you nuts. I've turned you gray. I've made you proud. I've made you pay. No, it's I've spent your pay. I've stressed you out. I've hurt you bad. I've made you laugh. I've sent you mad. I've made you smile. I've made you sob because I'm your kid and that's my job. Man, it is hard being a daddy. Let me tell you, we need to be celebrated today. Uh, but happy Father's Day. I'm praying that the Lord blesses you. Uh, perhaps you're watching and you didn't have a, a good relationship with your dad. And uh, But you know what? We all have a wonderful Heavenly Father that um, uh, is, is constant. He's just, he's merciful, he's kind. Even when he disciplines us, it's for the sake of loving us. And uh, so we, we can praise God and relish and the love of our Father, our Heavenly Father today on Father Day, Father's Day. So we, we just give him glory and praise. Amen. We're going to walk, we're going to step right back into talking about faith. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record, uh, but that's what the Lord has me on. Uh, several weeks back, he told me, I'm going to take gathering church from being people who believe in me to people who believe me. And uh, that's, that's talking about faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. What does it mean to walk by faith? That's what we've, we've been talking about. We, last week, we started talking about the basics of walking by faith. 
To recap, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith, it's the substance of anything that you've hoped for in your life. If you could make that tangible, if you could capture that, whatever that feeling is, that energy is, that whatever that is, that's the substance of faith. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is going to require you to believe some things that you can't see, believe some things that you don't have physical proof for. Faith is going to require you to do that. Romans chapter four tells us how we are to have faith. We're to have faith like Abraham. God gave Abraham an insane promise. He was 99 years old and his wife was 90 years old. And God said, Hey, I'm going to let you guys have a baby. You're going to conceive a child. And when Abraham had nothing to believe in and hope for, he still hoped because God said he didn't worry about what the physical situation was. He didn't worry about what his world uh, was communicating to him. All he all he was concerned about is what God had told him. And that's wh- how we are to have faith. It doesn't matter what life is showing you, what situations and circumstances are trying to dictate to you. What we need to do is come back to the word of God and decide what is it that the word of God is trying to teach me and show me. And then last week, Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 12, we talked about the basic that's the basics of walking in faith the first truth and basic of walking in faith what does walking in faith look like uh we discovered last week it's when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth uh the bible says that that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth unto our salvation the word salvation there is sozo in the greek it doesn't just mean that you've punched your ticket to heaven that's part of it that's part of our salvation but but Christ said, I came to give life and that much more abundant, not just after life and that much more abundant, but life right now. He wants you to have an abundant and blessed life right now, even in the midst of difficulties and trials and hardships, because we're going to go through those sometimes. But but even in the midst of that, you're going to be able to uh, prosper and, and still walk and be everything that he wants you to be and still be blessed. So so uh, with, with our uh, the, the word sozo actually means well-being, health. It, it means soundness of mind. It, it means uh, just your overall state of wellness uh, along with your eternal state of security, right? So so we, if you want soundness of mind, if you want health, if you want uh, to be able to prosper in everything that you're doing, uh, if you want to be an overcomer amongst your trials and tribulations, uh, then you've got to believe it in your heart and then you got to confess it. The Bible says with the heart, the man, a man believes not with your mind. Your mind is just the processor. Your mind processes information, but with your heart, with the emotional part of you, with, with, with the part that, that hopes and, and with the heart that feels, uh, sometimes you got to feel your faith. Sometimes you got to get excited when there's nothing to get excited about. Sometimes you got to get happy and rejoice when, when life doesn't give you anything to, to be happy about. That's, that's how you feel it in your heart. And then you got to speak it out. Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain, sometimes you have to speak to the mountain and believe in your heart. And we're going to get into that here in a second, back in chapter, Mark chapter 11. We talked about that last week, but that's basic. Number one, to walk in faith, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Basic number two, we're going to talk about today. And that's faith doesn't work in an unforgiving heart. 
If you're going to exercise your faith, if you're going to grow in your faith, if you're going to walk in your faith, you've got to have a forgiving heart. You can't do that with unforgiveness. The reason why is unforgiveness is actually a manifestation of fear. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about fear is the opposite of faith. You can't walk in faith and walk in fear at the same time. You can't sit there and say you believe the word of God, regardless of what's going on in your life, and then doubt the word of God all at the same time. It's one or the other. Are you going I'm not I'm not talking about moments of fear. I'm talking about chronic fear that you walk in and chronic doubt. We're all going to have those moments. That's the fight of faith. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. There are going to be times that you uh, that you do doubt the word of God, those moments, but then you got to you got to come right back, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the word of God. So unforgiveness is really a manifestation of fear. And the reason why is if if I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart, I am saying I don't trust you and I don't trust God enough to protect me. So uh, I don't trust you and I fear you will do me wrong again. And I'm going to hold on to this. I'm not going to let myself forget it. Now, here's the situation to forgive actually takes faith because if I forgive you, I am taking a step in faith to say, I don't know what you're going to do to me, but I'm believing we're going to bury the hatchet. I'm believing that by letting go, we're good. So forgiveness is actually an act of faith. It's an actual, actual act of uh, uh, walking and, and stretching your faith. So yeah, to forgive means I am unsure of what your reaction or response will be, but I choose to forgive you, not because you're worthy of it. You don't have to forgive someone because they deserve it, but you, but you forgive because he's worthy. Because Christ, who is alive in you, and because he first loved you, the Bible said, you can love and you can forgive. So let's go back to Mark chapter 11. If you want to, you can click on the link uh, at the church's website. And uh, David Lambert has all of the uh, scriptures posted for you today. Uh, once again, I want to say how much I appreciate the work that David Lambert has done. You should see my house right now. He's torn up half of my computer. He's got two of his computers set up. I mean, it's insane. This guy's like piecing stuff together and he's German. And you know, there's German. We were talking about it during setup. They had alien technology during World War II. Just watch the documentaries on it. Alien technology. That's why he can do this. He was trained for it. So, all right. Mark chapter 11. Starting with verse 22 through 24, we read this last week, but we're going to build on top of it, okay? It says, and Jesus replying to them, you remember, Peter was amazed because Jesus had cursed the fig tree, and the next day he said, hey, this fig tree is dead, and Jesus didn't talk about the fig tree. He talked about faith. He said, Jesus replying to them said, have faith in God. That's the bottom line. Do you trust God or not? Have faith in God constantly. Truly, I tell you, Whoever says to this mountain, there we are, speaking it out with your mouth. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up, thrown into the sea. And remember, a mountain means something you can't see around, something you can't see over, something you can't see through. There's some things that you're going through in life right now that there's just no way you can see around it and no way that you think it's going to uh, uh, it's gonna uh, be able to be solved. But if you begin to speak with it in faith, you'll see some things take place. It says, uh, whoever speaks to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart. There's that concept again. Believe in your heart, speak with your mouth. He doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. 
For this reason, I am telling you whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will receive it. In other words, whenever you ask for something in prayer, in your heart, believe that you already got it. Act accordingly, feel accordingly, move accordingly, and it will be granted to you, the Bible says. Now, let's keep reading. That's what we we built on last week. We're going to build on top of it for the second verse. This is why faith won't work in an unforgiving heart. Jesus immediately says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. You say, well, wait a minute. I thought God was all merciful. I thought that he was all loving and all gracious. He is. But it's the principle that Jesus is trying to teach. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. The the principle of harvest time. Anything that you sow, the Bible says, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So so whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If, if I want to grow apples, I'm not going to plant an orange tree. I'm going to plant apple seeds. The Bible says, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. In other words, plant seeds of friendship and you'll reap friends. If you want love, sow love, you'll reap love. If you're sowing bad attitudes and negativity and bitterness, guess what? Yeah, your life's going to stink. Why? Because you're going to have a lot of bitterness and bad attitudes thrown right back at you. But what he is saying is when you go to pray, when you're going to stand in faith, whatever it is that you're believing for, if you're holding on to something toward your brother or toward your sister, if you're having ought against your brother, just let it go. He said, drop it, let go of it. Say, I can't, what do you mean let go of it? He doesn't deserve it. It's not about whether or not he deserves it or not. It's about, do you want to operate in faith or not? For the sake of your faith, drop it. He said, why do you want to drop it? He says, so that you can receive forgiveness. Well, wait a minute. I thought God is merciful. I thought he was going to forgive me. It's, it's the law of sowing and reaping. Anything that you receive, you first got to let go of something. I want everyone watching. Matter of fact, my fine studio audience, I want you to take a big, deep breath. Hold it. All right, now release it. Okay, before you can start breathing again, you had to let go of the air that was in your lungs, didn't you? So look at that, Ryan, he's shaking his head. Yeah, you comprehend that, Ryan, that's good. (laughs) But before you can take on more air, you got to let go of the air that's in your lungs. Before, before, uh, Before the rain can fall, the earth has to let go of some moisture and let some evaporate so that it can fall back on itself. Before, before the tide rolls in, the tide first has to roll out. It's the way that God created this whole universe. Before you receive, there has to be a releasing and a giving. So in order for you to truly feel and understand your forgiveness, you have got to release and forgive people. Because otherwise, you cannot operate in faith. You can pray until your face is blue. But if you're holding on to negativity and ill thoughts, it's, it's, you're setting yourself up for a bad place spiritually. Matter of fact, we're going to keep reading. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, or in my case, scroll to Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. 
I want you to understand. I want you to see this concept of believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. You do it all the time. Someone said, oh, careful, Dave. You're getting into the whole name it, claim it thing. Look, we are all name it, claim it, whether we want to admit it or not. I'm not telling you you're going to become a millionaire, that God's going to make you a millionaire. And if you'll send me send me a $1,000 offering, God's going to make you, God's going to bless your socks up. You could send me a thousand. Matter of fact, send me a $1,000 offering, man. I'm not going to complain about that. I ain't going to make no promises as to what God's going to do for you, though. That's his business. How much money you got on you, Ryan? Nothing. Mm. <laughs> Matter of fact, send Ryan the offering. He doesn't have any on him right now. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus is preaching here. Jesus preached. He said, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not kill. And whoever kills shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. Woo! Now we could all go home and feel pretty good about that because we're saying, look, I don't kill anyone. I'm not a murderer. I ain't got to worry about the court. I'm good with God. But then Jesus takes it a step further. He says, but I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother. Oh, rats. Here we go. He's dragging me into this, isn't he? Anyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice, that means enmity of the heart. Oh, there we go again. Something to do with the heart. Something that you're feeling and believing with the heart. You see this pattern? You got to believe with your heart and then confess with your mouth. Well, it starts with whoever believes something in their heart that deals with anger and malice and enmity toward his brother. You're going to be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. Those of us who think that we're doing good because we don't kill people, well, guess what? Even if you're, even if you're harboring ill feelings in your heart, Man, in other words, you're, that comes with a price. That comes with weightiness to it. And then he takes it a step further, not just believing it in your heart. He says, and whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother. So now all of a sudden, the Bible says, whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, it says. So if you're believing something ill about someone in your heart, you're going to pay a price. Now, all of a sudden, if you're manifesting it into this realm with your mouth, if you speak contemptuously and insultingly to, to your brother, you're going to be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the Sanhedrin. In other words, that's, that would be moving it up from the lesser court to the Supreme Court. He's like, man, it's one thing if you believe ill against your brother, but now if you're going to manifest and speak it out, What are you doing? You're mimicking the same process by which we manifest our faith. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Well, well, if I want to harbor something against Ryan over here, because he ain't got no money to take me out today, I want to think, and now all of a sudden I'm going to speak ill about him and speak ill to him. Now I'm manifesting some bitterness and some anger. Well, guess what? It's going to come back on me. I I am judging him, so therefore judgment is going to be manifest back on me. And it, it, so he's saying, you're taking it from the lesser court to the to the Supreme Court now. And he says, and whoever says, he takes it even further. Whoever says, you cursed fool, in other words, you're, you empty-headed idiot, shall be liable and unable to escape the hell or Gehenna of fire. In other words, now all of a sudden, not only am I believing something in my heart that's negative and ill and bitter, but now all of a sudden I'm speaking it out, I'm saying 
ill things to my brother. And now all of a sudden, if I take it a step further and I insult him, the problem with that is Jesus died for each and every one of us. Why? Because we were so valuable to God. Why? Because we were all made in the image of God. So if I am mad at Ryan and I'm going to insult him, and now I'm going to call him names, I am insulting and I am calling an image of God names. So I am insulting God. Why? Because he made Ryan in his image. And he was so valuable that he sent Christ to die for him. And now I'm going to operate like that, but then I'm going to turn around and believe and say, I believe the word of God and I have faith in the word of God. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can't operate in faith and unforgiveness at the same time. I lost my place. Here we go. <laughs> so if you if you are all, now watch what he says here, verse twenty three. Yeah, can I get an amen in the house? Amen. All right, look at that. I'm back on course now. Verse twenty three. So if you, if when you are offering your gift at the altar, in other words, when you go to pray. And you remember there that your brother has any grievance against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother and then come back and present your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on your way traveling with him, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last fraction of a penny. In other words, what he is trying to say is this. When you go to pray... When you're trying to believe and confess and line up with my word, if you realize that you got something against someone, go make it right. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to have to wind up facing judgment from your own actions, from your own attitude, from your own words, and from your own mindset. And, and judgment usually is rendered by other people. And I don't know about you, I would rather put my life and my heart and my mind into the hands of God because he is a just and fair God than to trust judgment coming from someone else, some other imperfect, flawed human, just like I'm imperfect and flawed. So he's saying, look, just make it right. Before you try to operate in faith, if you got unforgiveness in your heart, make it right. Lastly, we're going to wrap up here. Everyone say amen. amen. In closing, and you remember what I said, in closing means when a preacher says it? No. Absolutely nothing, right? We're going to wrap up here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. This is the way that we're to conduct ourselves. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's right, man. Someone does me wrong. You got to get back with them. It's only fair, right? Jesus says, but I say to you, do not resist the evil man who injures you. In other words, if he's trying to injure you, just let him do what he's doing. But if anyone strikes you on the right jaw or cheek, turn to him the other one. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your undershirt or your tunic, let him have your coat also. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to him who keeps on begging from you and do not turn away from him who would borrow at interest from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you to show that you are the children of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the wicked and on the good and makes the rain fall upon the upright and the wrongdoers alike. For if you love those who love you, what reward can you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that? And if you greet only your brethren, 
What more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles or the heathen do that. You, therefore, must be perfect. That word perfect means growing into complete maturity of godliness and mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity. In other words, perfect means lacking nothing. Our God lacks nothing. If we are made in his image, then we also have to understand we lack nothing. He said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Does that mean you're going to have a million dollars in the bank? No, it just means if you have a need in your life and you're walking by faith, that need will be met and that need will be provided for. I think every single one of us have our needs provided for. We're really not lacking anything in life that we need. And if we can understand that we are walking in that kind of perfection, then we're walking as our heavenly father is. And man, if, if you know that you're taken care of to that degree, what difference does it make if somebody tries to do something against you? Just let it go. Let the Lord work it out. I've watched God this week take a situation in my life that was a mountain. Just like we talked about last week. It was a mountain. I couldn't see through it. I couldn't see around it. I couldn't see over it. And the Lord several weeks back started saying, stop talking about your problem, Dave, and talk to your problem. And so that's what I did. Every morning I'd get up and I'd speak to it. And just this week, out of nowhere, I watched God turn the tide of that situation. Not just for the sake of blessing me, but to also bless everyone else involved. And to allow his love to reign and his grace to reign. Because I believed in my heart and I kept confessing with my mouth. And I chose not to allow anger and bitterness and wrath to live in my heart. I didn't want to manifest that stuff back on me. And I'm telling you, when you do that, when you let go of unforgiveness, when you choose just to forgive and to love the way that he does, he doesn't forgive you because you deserve it. He forgives you because he chose to, because he loves you. And you can forgive. I'm not saying that you got to buddy up to somebody and go have pizza with them. You may never have that kind of relationship with that person again. But in your heart, you can release somebody and allow faith to begin to flow in your life. So today, that's the number two, the second basic principle of walking in faith. The first one is to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Second one is you can't walk in faith with an unforgiving heart. So you have to have the faith to forgive. Father, I thank you today for your word. Your word is life. You said that if we would continue in your word, that you would make us disciples and that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. So I pray that you release somebody today, help them rise up in faith and give them supernatural faith to forgive whoever it is they need to release if it's a family member, if it's someone from their past, if it's a parent, if it's a child, if it's someone on their job, if it's a neighbor, whoever it may be, Lord, I don't want anyone to be blocked from receiving everything you have to provide for us via faith just because of unforgiveness. Help us to love and be perfect just as you love and you are perfect. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.